It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. The sun is shining. Spring in my step. Spring, summer heat is coming to Arizona. All is good. Or is it? It is because we, we we serve a good God. God is in control. And uh, I am so thankful for the show. I'm thankful for what's been happening. And as I often say, this is such a great, like the best gig because I get to find the coolest people in town and get them on my show and find out what they're doing. And we highlight the, as counterculture, we highlight the peacemakers, the bridge builders and the culture builders who are really making this world a better place. Very countercultural. In a world that divides, we find the uniters. In a world that uh, picks sides, we find those that build, builds bridges. And I just love what it, this the show has meant and, and the, the journey that we're on. So today I have in studio Tim Wright. Welcome, Tim. Thank you. It's good to be here. Oh, it's so good. You know, see, Tim actually has the voice for radio and maybe a face for radio too. If I could face say. for radio, face you can say that. Yeah, he's also a Lutheran pastor since 1984. Yep, and currently serves as the founding pastor of Community Grace Lutheran Church here in sunny Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the author of several books and co-hosts. Uh, the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. Ooh, that sounds good. Mm. Not just oh, that that sounds really interesting. And the New York he he is co-host with is this right? New York Times bestselling author Dr. Michael Gurian. That's right. Yep. Okay, so he's he's local too. He lives in Spokane. Lives in Spokane. So yeah. the two of you, great. Yep. So tune. So Wonder of Parenting podcast. I could use some help with that. Along with Dr. Gurian, Tim has created several rites of passage. Oh, I love this. For junior high boys and junior high girls. His newest book is Searching for Tom Sawyer, How Parents and Congregations Can Stop the Exodus of Boys from Church. Wow. This is a big, big issue. So welcome, Tim. And before, So before we get into all these great topics, I'm just – my brain is, on, is just churning, like all the things we could be talking about, about uh, boys and, and parenting – but yep. we'd like to play this game called Fake News. All right. And so I've been in such a slump, I'm almost ready to turn in the t- to throw in the towel, turn in the towel, mm-hmm. turn it over, and then throw it in All right. uh, <laughs> on my ability to guess anymore. But I believe in that there's – I'm going to turn it around because mm-hmm. you're going to present something that's true mm-hmm. and not true, and I'm going to pick it today. I'm mm-hmm. feeling it. I'm going to pick which one's fake. Mm-hmm. So go for it. All right. Well, since you're a world traveler, I'll okay. do travel. Uh, I have – Climbed the Great Wall in China. Okay. And I have been to Rwanda. Okay. Both of those are very plausible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, well, either one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say you have been to Rwanda. Yes, I have. Yes. And I've also climbed the Great Wall of China. And I'm a pastor, so I can't lie on radio. Oh, there we go. Woo! So Got I'm going to give you a tie. So he see this is the feel good. This is the compassion yeah. that he's showing me, That's right. and showing me he's a caring person. You could not I lose. I can't lose. That's right. <sighs> Unless like, you had said, <laughs> "I don't think you climbed the Great Wall," but yeah. you went for the positive. I just went for the positive. I believed you. Yeah. Could, you went to Rwanda. Yeah. So I've done both. Yes. <laughs> That's right. And the fact that I won't lie is my lie. Really, yeah. that is yeah. really good. Okay, you got me, and I and you built and you built my confidence. Right. So I'm feeling better. You've mission accomplished. We could call the show win-win. Win. It is totally win-win. 
So Rwanda, I love Rwanda. Yeah. I was worked seven years uh, oh, did around. Uh, didn't live in Rwanda, yeah. but spent a lot of time supporting the work there. Mm. Great place of peacemaking and bridge building and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. After that horrible genocide, right. to see Christians take the lead in forgiveness and reconciliation of the scope we've never even really fully experienced even in our country. When 10 percent – well, maybe civil war perhaps, but 10 percent of the population killed in a matter of months. Right. Absolutely horrific stuff. And I, I personally was on a church property and tripped over a human bone mm. Mm. On, church, on a church. It's like it's hard to – like, because there had been deaths there you know, mm-hmm. since five years before. So um, – must have been an incredible trip for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. My daughter was the one who got me there. She did her uh, her graduate work. Oh, on Rwanda. Really? And, okay. And called me up. She was in London going to school, and she said, "Dad, I'm going to Rwanda." I said, "You're going where?" And uh, <laughs> she went, and then uh, so we've been there four times actually. Oh, wow! And, uh, it's Amazing. every time it's it's a beautiful country. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful people. Yeah, uh, hard to get your brain around the the, the mass killings that, right. when those people seem to be so caring and loving. But right. you know, it's a part of the human story, and the right. forgiveness is a part of the grace story. And beyond, beneath, yeah, we could talk just about Rwanda yes, today. And I yeah. love it's a great topic uh, and great topic for about peacemaking. So beyond Rwanda, I, mm-hmm. what about your background has prepared you for what you do now? Uh, for working with boys, well, yeah, uh, yeah. Why yeah. this? Why this? Helps is it called helping boys thrive? Yeah, well, helping boys thrive is a uh, a one day seminar that Michael put together. Just a quick background: Michael Gurian uh, is a good friend of mine. Michael has been working uh, on issues of boys and girls for over thirty years, mm-hmm. and he's sort of known as the father of the modern day boys movement. He okay. wrote a book over thirty years ago on boys. He uses brain science research, and his main work has always been with. Uh, primarily educators, how do you help boys and girls learn based on how their brains work? Mm. And uh, But over the years, as uh, and we'll probably get to this, as we've seen boys increasingly fall behind in schools, he's put a special emphasis on boys. We have a lot of really good programs set up for our girls and sure. our daughters. Right. We don't have many for our boys. Yes. And so it's not a boy or girl issue. Uh, Michael's trying to speak into a need right now, which is boys. So the way we connected was I uh, had just started Community of Grace. Uh, this was 16 years ago. Okay. Had a friend of mine come in uh, who had written a book called Why Men Hate Going to Church. Okay. Yeah. And fair so I, question. Yep. And yeah. I, I, I was really intrigued by the book. I brought him in to speak to our congregation. Mm-hmm. When he got up to speak, he spoke eight minutes. He held raw eggs in his hands, and he was talking about boys. Yeah. And he kept dropping eggs. And when he was done, he said, uh, those eggs represent the number of boys who've left the church during the eight minutes I've just preached. And I was just wow. gobsmacked, to use a wow. word that they use in, yeah. in England. And uh, so I did a little research, found out that 70 to 90% of all boys will leave the Christian church in their teens and 20s, and most won't come back. Wow. Now, that's a crisis. That's huge. That's an epidemic, right? right? right. But nobody's talking about it. Right, right. So I had heard of Michael Gurian. Michael, uh, again, best-selling author, Jewish man. Uh, and I wrote him an email and said, we're a church. Uh, I love your passion for boys. Would you be able to help us? I never thought in a million years he'd write back. Yeah. Wrote back the next day. Really? Hmm. I actually hired him at huh. first to be a consultant. And in the process, we became just really good friends. Wow. I've worked together for about 15 years. Fantastic partnership. Uh, yeah, on various projects. So we've written some rites of passage together yeah. for the Christian church. We use his materials, and then I Christianize it. Right. Uh, and um, uh, and then we wrote some for secular audience as well. 
And then he created this one-day seminar on helping boys thrive just to get into communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we do one that has uh, that's uh, helping Christian boys thrive Yeah. so I can speak more freely about faith and then the secular one where I don't. Uh, but it's all pretty much the same material. And then we, uh, three years ago, started the Wonder of Parenting podcast. Mm. And it's just been a wonderful relationship together uh, where uh, I have been highly impacted by all the research that he has done over the years and uh, have really been passionate about helping parents, youth leaders, pastors, Sunday school teachers connect this material to the way that we present the gospel. Real, okay. Because our boys, they hear things differently. They right. respond differently to information than girls do. And yet we've tried to standardize. Yes, we think like there's one way people learn, mm-hmm. and, and yet that seems just gender alone and bioscience alone, right? Right. Confirm that there's not – we have different brains. Yes. Yeah, there's over, there's over 150 differences between a boy brain and a girl brain. Okay. And so this is not about equality. We're both equal. Right. We're creating the image of God. Right. But we're not the same. Right. And um, since 1982, boys have fallen behind girls in every area of education from preschool through graduate school. So that's a huge stat. Yep. So since 1982. Since 1982. Right. Every area of education like, like, from preschool through graduate school. Tell me, what, like, just, just can you elaborate yeah. on that a little bit? So, That's for example, um, boys get about 70% of the Ds and Fs okay. in school, and they only get about 40% of the Bs and As. Okay. Wow. Uh, if you look today at the, uh, the typical honors society, yes. it's going to be nine girls to, like, one boy. Um. The uh, there are fewer and fewer boys going to college, more and more girls. There, we reached a tipping point a couple of years ago. About sixty percent of colleges now are female. Sixty percent. Oh yep. my goodness! Uh, now that's not going to be true over every college, but on average. And one of the things, and this makes sense. You know, the headline you hear is women make eighty cents to every dollar. Right. Well, what they're doing is they're taking all the men who work. And all the women who work, and they're taking the averages. What they don't do is look at the fact that women take maternity leave. Women tend not to work in the high-risk jobs that pay more than men do. Right. And so when you even it all out, if there's a difference at all, it's pennies. However, because fewer boys are going to college, Mm -hmm. young adult women today now make more money than young adult men. Mm. And it's not because of discrimination. It's because they're getting better jobs. They're better educated. Right. And so what's happening is we are raising generations of boys who have no passion. Uh, they don't know where they are. They're aimless. Yes. And, um, uh, and we even know even uh, sperm counts are down. Really? Oh, wow. wow. Interesting. Yeah. And testosterone has dropped by 30% in the typical male over the last generation. That's huge. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. That, you know, a lot of that's the biochemical stuff that we take in, plastics. And, and one of the arguments people but says— Okay. But there's no correlation with women. No, no, no. Okay. Well, there would be some for women, but it's, it's impacted boys more in, yeah. in the level of testosterone. Interesting. And one of the arguments to be made would be, well, that's great. The less testosterone boys have— the less angry they'll be, right? Because right. it's it, uh, testosterone is this energy that if so we don't negative. control— It's a bad thing. It can be right. if we don't use it right. The problem is when you have less testosterone, boys become more angry and more depressed. Hmm. That's because they're, they're wired to live off of testosterone. Our job, of course, is to help our boys use their testosterone in positive ways, right. which is what most men do. Right, right. right. Building a better world. 
being a good husband, being a good dad, uh, being a good citizen, working out in the workforce. Give something worth fighting for. Yes. Finding something. Lo- yes, yeah, something worth fighting for. That's good man language. Yeah. 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 Now, one thing too. Okay, so I'm, this is so fast. I, I could just. I'm, I'm totally in the in the pocket on this. I'm totally excited about what this means. So, let's go back to the church. Yep. Uh, you. What is the church doing or not doing for boys that's hindering or helping? Well, uh, David Murrow in his book uh, "Why Men Hate Going to Church." One of the things that he says is, "Men may own the pulpit, but women own the pews." Okay, hmm. and so. Uh, pastors tend to speak to their largest audience, right. which is going to be female. And female brains access information more verbally. Uh-huh. They are better able to sit quietly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know this from girl students, for example. They're much more well-behaved, so to speak, or right. in the behavior that we want. Right, right. Where boys want to get up and move around. they got all this testosterone going. Um, they need they need medication, Ritalin to they, take right. care of <laughs> that, or maybe they just need to move more. How about yeah, that? How about yeah. that? Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what what's happened is we we have created our churches to to better speak to a female brain. We don't have a lot of action oriented stuff. Uh, saying our worship services, our Sunday schools, are sort of sit quietly. Let's read the Bible. Let's color a picture. Uh, you know, where's the stuff where kids are standing up and they're building things and they're. Yeah. Uh, acting out stories, mm-hmm. uh, or they're going outside and they're shooting around a basketball, and then in between each, you get a question on the Bible or something. Right, right. Uh, we we have really gone to more verbal emotive uh, in a lot of our uh, contemporary worship services. We're singing these. Uh, people are going to be offended by this, but the top forty love songs to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, at uh, Jesus, I love you very much. Uh, Jesus, you're better than my boyfriend. Yeah, yep. and mm-hmm. and those are you know guys. Guys, I don't say I'm in love with you, right, Jonathan. Yeah. Nope, nope. I might say I love you, man. Love you, man. But I would girl. never yeah. say I'm in love with you. Right. And so for me to sing a song in church that says, Jesus, I am so in love with you, that's not male language. Yeah. And that's wanna, not even really Jesus, gospel. I want to touch you. Right. I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not even really biblical language. Right. Jesus didn't ask us to have a relationship. Right. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Yeah. And that's great masculine language, mm-hmm. by the way. Right? Follow that's me. action. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to mentor you. You go where I'm going. I'm going to yeah. teach you how to do it. Now, it's not that Jesus is anti-relationship. Right. But if that's all that men are getting, a steady diet of, uh, boy, I want you to really feel the, the arms of Jesus around you in this moment. Right. And if you haven't shed a tear or two in worship today, you haven't had an experience. Mm. Uh, well, that's not really speaking. It's not speaking to most men. Right. But it is speaking to a lot of the men who are in church who tend to relate to that. Maybe better than some other guys, right, right? Right. Because when you and Gurian's good at saying this, if if uh, you want a, a definition of what a man looks like, you've got three and a half billion of them out there, right? But there are general characteristics for eighty percent of men. Uh, most are action oriented, testosterone oriented, sure. visual oriented, right? Uh, work with my hands in some way, shape, or form. For me, it's not so much work with my hands; I work with words, right? All right. right so that's right. what I work. Your path, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 a lot of pastors, we uh, we become pastors because we want to help people, mm-hmm. and so you tend to get those guys who are a bit more emp- uh, empathetic, right? Uh, they're a bit more compassion oriented, a little more cerebral. They yep. more cerebral, like study. Right. Yeah. Yep. yeah, And uh, and and I don't think guys shy away from the cerebral at all, but I think it's the way that you present it. Right? You're using a lot of word pictures in your sermon, for example. Yeah. David Murrow says you should always use an object lesson when you're preaching. 
object. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now David Murrow doesn't preach fifty-two sermons a year. No, <laughs> that's hard to pull up. Yeah. Well, if you're you're just tuning in, this is Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. We have Pastor Tim Wright here in in studio talking about helping boys thrive and his great ministry and and what the church would look like if we took the uniqueness of boys seriously. Yep. And uh, some a great discussion. So now let's take this. So I'm thinking about the, we're using the church capital C, but we'll yep. also know we're taking it like into children's ministry, sure. or even you even mentioned rites of passage. Talk. Let's talk about those two things. All right. Well, so in children's ministry, uh, I think it's really important to create uh, curriculums that have a balance of uh, sitting and listening, but action. Mm-hmm. And allowing kids to get up. Uh, let me give you one example. I uh, f- when when we uh, started working with this boys stuff early on in our church, uh, I was writing the curriculum. We separated the boys and the girls, and it wasn't a, a, for any other reason than I wanted to do a little experimenting with the boys on how to create curriculums for boys. The girls would have loved what the boys were doing, mm. but the boys didn't necessarily love what the girls were doing. Right. Right. Um, so I was doing this curriculum. It was all action-oriented, but there were times for discussion. And um, so one of the things I would do is I'd say, all right, just ask the boys a series of questions. Question one, question two, question three. And my leaders came back, all men leading, which was great. Mm-hmm. They said, well, the boys aren't ever answering questions. And I said, well, these are brilliant questions because I've written them. So <laughs> They must be, yeah. yeah. So I wrote to, to the Green Institute. And uh, one of his uh, co-workers uh, wrote me back. She was an educator, and she said, when you ask the boys a question, before you have them speak out loud, have them write it down. Mm, okay. Because it takes a while for the boy's brain to connect thoughts to words. Yes. And the writing gives him a little action, and boys don't like to say something unless they know they're going to be kind of right. Yeah. Um, and and that's one of the those big differences between boys and girls. So if you if you asked um if you ask your daughter for example, how are you feeling? Instantly she can come up with sure. a whole vocabulary yep. of things. Yep. You ask your son, "How are you feeling?" It can take him anywhere from 15 minutes to 2 days to access the words to the emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so much of our curriculums in Sunday school is how are you feeling? Uh, rather than what are you thinking? That's a better thinking? boy language. So, um, and also then to put some masculine energy behind these words that we use. Um, when we talk about love, yeah, uh, we tend to talk about it in these um, feeling-oriented language. Right. Uh, let's talk about it in terms of action. Love is about giving of ourselves. It's mm-hmm. about serving other people. Uh, our church, Community of Grace, well— I don't know a lot of guys named Grace. Right, right. And so we were trying to figure and, – and our board president, within months of our church starting, they had a daughter. They named her Grace. And so I'm, I'm thinking, how do I take that word Grace and give it some masculine energy? Mm, okay. And so our theme became uh, following Jesus on the bold, reckless adventure of Grace. Oh. That Grace is an adventure, and it's reckless – in the fact that God just throws that grace out anywhere and everywhere yes. and doesn't discriminate mm. and expects that it's going to bring about change. Mm. Uh, so how do we you take these really good biblical words and put them back in their context, which is not about feeling, but about action? But about action, right. Yeah. And then I think, you know, again, using object lessons and so on is really important. Mm. And so this this and now I, I, I wish I could spend a whole show just on rites of passage because yep. that that alone is a f- super fascinating. I've seen it in other cultures, yep. 
and I'm studying like, but tell me what you've done mm-hmm. for just for just focus on boys right now. Yeah. What? So the, re- the rites of passage have always been geared to boys, mm-hmm. uh, and lately it's been up to uh, last hundred years or so for girls. But cultures have always known, really since the beginning of time, that boys don't have a built-in monthly internal clock to tell them they're becoming a man like yeah. girls do when they right. enter into menstruation. And so tribes would create these various kinds of rites of passage where the men would strategically teach their boys how to be men. Mm. Their bodies are becoming masculine or growing up, but their souls aren't necessarily growing up. And so the whole point of a rite of passage is to pour into that boy's soul masculine energy, good masculine Mm -hmm. energy, uh, to show him what it looks like to be a good man, to show what it looks like to... Uh, protect those he loves, to serve those he loves, Mm -hmm. uh, how to be a a good citizen in our culture, for example. And we don't do a lot of rites of passage in our culture anymore, and yet boys will always seek them out Mm. because boys need somebody to tell them they're a man. Mm. And what they'll normally do is they'll seek that validation. If they don't get it from dad or grandpa or a group of men, They'll get it from each other, and so they'll make it up. Right, right. And so when you see these these hazings going on in college, yes, that's boys crying out for for validation that I'm a man. But how am I going to prove it in college? I'm going to sleep with as many girls as I can. Yeah, I'm going right. to get as smashed as I can. Right. Because they don't know what they it means stuff. to be a man. Right, right. Yeah. And so boys will always look for that validation. Yeah. And a lot of times, if they don't get it, uh, they'll live with what we call that father wound. Yeah. You know that big mm-hmm. hole in their heart. Yes. Because boys need to hear from a man who they respect and admire, I love you, I'm proud of you, and this is what you're really good at. Mm. And I got your back. And it isn't just something on a date. You receive like a bunch of people telling you that. Right. It's like it's, there's some merit to it. Like they've, like it, like in the yes, they've accomplished it. That's right. In some culture they've accomplished Like you, you think of killing a lion, but at least something that they've accomplished. That's right. And then the men, the elders, or the other men welcome them to the to the to belong as That's a man. That's right. Right. And and when you think about some of these uh, great uh, stories that people read, like Harry Potter or the Percy Jackson series, yeah. or even Lord of the Rings, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, those are all really rites of passage stories. Yeah. Hmm. They're about boys, sometimes girls, going through. They're facing challenges. Uh, they're being mentored along the way. There comes a point where they're on their own, and how are they going to act? What are they going to do? And then, as you said, they're welcomed back into the culture Mm. uh, after they've accomplished their task and proven themselves to be a man Mm. or a woman. And that's what we've written with these rites of passage, uh, to create that process where dads are actively involved with their sons, taking through different challenges, uh, and then begin to pour into them. It's Mm. not... The be- it's right, the beginning, right, not right. the end. Yeah. And begin to pour into them values. Uh, this is what a good man looks like. This is what, a, for, for me, this is what it looks like for you to follow Jesus into manhood. Mm. And, uh, you know, the call of Jesus on your life. How are we going to help you live that call out? You know, as a father of two daughters, yep. and, and in some ways I consider myself a feminist in, in the global sense. Of course. all People have worth and dignity and advocating for women's rights, whether in India or Rwanda or something. Uh, Yet I still want a world where men thrive with boys. One, my own story, but also knowing that I want great guys around my daughters. And it's not only enough for them to make work hard, hard, hard to make great women. I want a society where there are great men. Yes. 
Yes. And and so do our moms and so do our women. Yes. Right? Yeah. And one of the big challenges right now for our women is our daughters, they're having a hard time finding good men. Right. Yeah. And uh, I have two granddaughters. I raised a daughter. I raised a son. Mm-hmm. I've got three grandsons. I So, again, this is never about boys or girls. Right. It's about both. Both. Right. Yep. We, you lift up both one. You lift them both up. Everyone right. wins. Yep. Uh, so we're, as we wrap it up, how can our people, our, our, our listeners, learn more mm-hmm. about you know either your well, re-mention your podcast and how they yep. can connect to? Yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll just send everybody to my podcast. Okay, wonderofparenting.com. Okay, wonderofparenting.com. That's got links to my own personal website, and it will also reference um, the rites of passage that we have on there. Great. And then the book I wrote, Searching for Tom Sawyer, is available on Amazon. Just a little summary of that book? What is it? Uh, it it's really looks at uh, what's been happening with boys over the years, and then how do we help them in Sunday school and church? How do we build churches that keep our boys and raise them to be good men who follow Jesus? Wow, that is fantastic. Well, this has been a, a, a super engaging conversation for me, and I, I hope maybe I have you back again. Love to do it. <laughs> and uh, really appreciate you taking the time in your busy yep. life and your ministry to come here, helping boys thrive. It's a, it's a mission of, of God's people. We all win yep. when, with, when boys thrive. And uh, so thank you again, Tim, You're for welcome. coming in. God bless you and your ministry. Yep. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.